0: Well, the background to this story is in chapter 25, Jesus gives a series of parables that the point of which starts talking about a few uh, things like, let's be practical, let's be prudent, let's be wise, let's work hard, those types of things. Like he's he's basically saying, you know, we need to go all in on something here. And we need to put some thinking behind it and, and push towards it. And, and then he ends that idea by saying, giving this parable, and they say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or need clothes or sick or in person and, and did not help you? He's saying that all in is going to look on the exterior like some sort of ministry where people are being helped, but you need to understand that I'm involved with that and I'm taking it so personally that what ends up happening to someone else, you don't realize it, but it is what's being lifted up to me. In other words, the things that we do, in a sense, end up being Direct it towards Jesus. It's something that we're doing for Him. It, it leads us into, it should lead us into a worship uh, of Jesus. And we should see it as things being done to Him. Now, the, the, the problem that He lays out for them and, and for us to grapple with and the disciples we're grappling with is then He uh, says in the next verses after that, uh, Jesus, when He had finished saying all these things, said to His disciples, As you know, So he's saying, you know this, because I've told you this, so it's not something that you don't know. You just haven't calculated it all in yet what exactly this means. You know the Passover is two days away. The Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Now, they may not have completely understood that Jesus was going to be crucified. They understood the Passover was there. They understood what the Passover was about, which was about the need for atonement and... They were grappling with the fact that as they were doing all these things, that it wasn't about fixing things so that they were all doing good things and the world was doing good things, the government was doing good things. That The Savior that they needed wasn't someone that was just going to lead in this, that was a ministry, but the Savior that they needed was someone who was actually going to need to die on the cross for uh, maybe a word to use as atonement is a word. There. but but what it is is that there's things that we have done that we need to pay the cost for and Jesus is going to do that he's going to make it so that it's right and it's not just I've killed someone so I, I deserve to die and Jesus is going to die for me it goes beyond that. That's the, that's the start. But look, if someone kills someone else and then, say, 10 years later or something, that person is killed, has the price actually been paid there? It, does that actually fix the situation? What Jesus is saying is, by him dying on the cross, that's just the beginning of it, you know, of that needing to be atoned for. But the cost of fixing it is way beyond that. And what he's saying is that the problems that we're facing, it's not just things that can be solved in terms of a ministry. There's something that needs to happen to make things right. and whatever it is that we're doing, we're not making it right by doing that. If someone is, is hungry, we, we feed them. but the cause of what that hunger was, why that was being oppressed on someone, That hasn't necessarily been addressed, and that hasn't necessarily been fixed. But what he's getting at here is, how is it that the church, how does it look, how does it grow? And the picture that we have of the church that he lays out, a picture that the disciples are obviously grabbing a hold of because when they see the money being given they say why is this being given it should have been given to the poor in other words they're locked into that what the church looks like is it looks like a ministry to the poor and what we see moving into is how it worship starts to come out of that and this woman demonstrates how worship Comes out of that, and the disciples demonstrate something else. But that brings up a topic that's been in the church for some time, and it's and it's a good thing for us to think about because we're thinking through how are we going to come out of COVID, how are we going to come out of Zoom services into something like how are we? Maybe you might think restart the church in a sense, how or not even that, but just how are we going to? We've been talking about it in terms of how are we going to get a fresh start, and it's and there's sort of two things. It's like the chicken and the egg, which comes first, or whatever. It doesn't really matter. But what's important for us to see is that what Jesus had done, the totality of what he had been done to build the church, looked like, to most people from the outside, like some sort of ministry to the poor. And people look at this story oftentimes as It needs to not be that. It really needs to be about worship or a worship service, and that's what we see is Jesus moving it from that to this. That's not really what's going on here, because the church doesn't make that transition. In fact, the first problems that come up in the church is about food distribution. He's not saying, when he says the poor you'll always have with you, he's not saying that This shouldn't be a component of it, or this shouldn't be what's happening. Jesus is the one who had laid it all out so that it looked like that. Jesus is the one that made it look like a ministry to the poor. The disciples didn't do that. People didn't do that. Jesus himself, by his actions, his intervention here on earth, made it look like to other people that what was going on here was a ministry to the poor. And then what this story is about, then, is not about how that all changes, but about how Jesus's heart is, is for this thing that to us looks like ministry to the poor. We start to realize that's not the way Jesus sees it, that Jesus takes it personally, and Jesus is saying that this, the natural course of this, should result in worship, So what we're seeing here in the story is how does what looks like a ministry to the poor, why is it important for it to end up being a worship service? What is it about that? Why does Jesus want that? And why does that make a difference? Now, the first thing that you see here is that the woman gives this costly vial of perfume and Uh, what that was back in their culture was that was kind of a way of saving. You didn't have the mechanisms that that we have today. You didn't have an ATM machine or something like that. What what people had was they would, it's like the equivalent of like, I don't know, farm country or something like that. Like uh, I have some family when they, when they first uh, immigrated here, they came into a farming community. and, And so for, for a long time, uh, everyone made jokes about how everyone just stored all their cash in their mattress. So like, literally, someone would die. And all the relatives would go into their house and tear the whole house apart, like tear all the stuff off the walls, just to try and find out where the cash was at. (laughs) Sorry, that's probably going off subject. But what it was was this woman gave, people think, about a year's worth of wages. It was something she had saved up probably her whole life to have. So there was this aspect of practicality where she gave everything that she had to Jesus. Now, people say, well, does that mean I need to just give everything I have? No, because it's obviously not the cash. We all know that. But what does that mean? Does that mean that we don't give anything? No, it doesn't mean that either. It means something. What does it mean? On surface value, it means she went all in. And that's something we understand, especially here in the Bay Area. Everybody understands that the value, the meaning, like feeling like we're doing something, the joy of life is really about going all in on something. And last week at our meeting, we talked about that. That during COVID, a lot of us realized that part of us going all in, whether we realized it or not, it created this busyness. Why? Because going all in is all consuming. But part of COVID and pulling us back made us realize that we really value our relationship with Jesus. We value relationship with kids. We value our relationship. We realized that part of we had been going all in in a way that kept us busy, but wasn't really hitting where our heart was we feel like there needs to be so much and that's what this is it's not just she went all in she had already gone all in saving up this money what going all in for her was really seeing i went all in i i had to go all in in order to save up all this money but now i'm throwing that way of going all in out and i'm now going all in on jesus And that exactly mirrors where the disciples were. They had gone all in on Jesus, too. And they had gone all in on this idea that they have this ministry to the poor. That's why they're so angry. They had gone all in, but Jesus is saying, you think you've gone all in on me? You think you've gone all in on ministry? You think you've gone all in on worship? But this woman is telling us what you're missing. This is what going all in is. And and so the beginning for them, for us, is we know we need to go all in. It's something we already know. But what are we going to go all in on? And it's more about a change for us. What are we going to, how do we change to grab a hold of what Jesus is going all in on? And for them, it looked like a ministry to the poor. And what's interesting is the first thing the woman leads us in is as she goes all in to Jesus, she doesn't say anything, but her actions demonstrate what that means. There's this ministry. She had undoubtedly been helped by this ministry to the poor. But the result of that wasn't that she was thankful to you know, necessarily Jesus as a human being, or to the disciples, or to the ministry, or to the church, she realized that God had stepped into her life and helped her out, and there was a change of heart that happened, and that change of heart led her to just pour it all out, and what this is here, it's a moment of worship between her and Jesus, the reason why worship is important is because that's where all this is heading. And when Jesus says the poor you'll always have with you, when what he's getting at here is that the point of this whole thing is a change of heart that happens, a change of heart that leads us into worshiping what it is that we think Is cares about us, and that's not a ministry, it's not a person, it's Jesus. Now, what's interesting about this is that the disciples obviously were on the road to worshiping Jesus, but when this person is worshiping, it's just her worshiping. (laughs) The disciples aren't actually worshiping here. They're mad. And this brings up an interesting thing that for 30 years I've, I've heard this in the church over and over again, and I'm not saying word there, but it just it's there because it's just for 30 years I've seen it. As people think that the, the reason why worship isn't happening is because the people being ministered to, it's a long road till they start worshiping. That's not the problem that we see here. That road happened. That happens very naturally. But what, when it happened, it left the person there worshiping by themselves. <laughs> Jesus had this ministry. The church was about reaching out and touching people. And to everybody, it kind of looked like this ministry to the poor. That wasn't what was happening. E- even when thousands of people say, well, thousands of people were coming to worship Jesus. Jesus says, well, no, you guys are only coming because I fed you. <laughs> that's the way we may perceive it, but that's not actually what's happening. It looks like this ministry, and we come to value it as that. We think everything practical is social, but we're missing the point. The point is it's God reaching out, God coming down to earth, God getting involved in our lives and touching us, and and through that love that we experience in these moments where Jesus reaches out and touches us, it changes our hearts. And the natural progression of a heart change like that is this yearning to go all in and start worshiping Jesus. And what we see here actually is that was already happening, and the woman was worshiping, but she ended up worshiping by herself because what the worship was waiting for wasn't for the person being ministered to to have a change of heart. We think well, we're ready for the person ministered to to have a change of heart so that we can worship. That's not what the moment of worship was waiting for. What the moment of worship was waiting for was for those who thought that they were ministering, for those who thought that they were doing all these good things, for those who thought that they were going out and solving everyone's problems, for those who thought that they were going out, and free, for those who thought that they were doing something in the church, the leaders, the ones organizing this whole thing, so they thought, for them to have a change of heart. <laughs> And so the goal is for us not to just worship alone. Yes, we need to get there personally. But the goal is is for us to worship together. And almost all the time, the problem is not with the people first coming to Jesus. It's always waiting for those who think that they're already worshiping, for those who think they're already the church, for us who think that For me, worship is waiting for me to have a change of heart, (laughs) not for someone else. Because the truth is, we see it as this and this. That's not what it is. What we see in this case is it's actually flipped. She's leading the disciples into what's they may think they're leading in terms of ministry, and they're thinking like this. But she's leading them in where this actually needs to go which is a worship from a heart that's changed. They need to learn from her what this is all about. The next reason is when we get to it, it says, when the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Uh, the word indignant, that's one way of translating it. Another very good way of translating it is they were just, the simplest term is they were angry. And literally what it means is they were The word is violently provoked inside. In other words, when they saw this, it wasn't even like a decision, like they thought about it. It just struck them with so much disgust that they just could, they felt so self righteous about this. And what is it that they felt so self righteous about? It says, this perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. The reason why. We do these things for Jesus. On the exterior, it looks like some sort of ministry to the poor. But the reason why we need to have it leading into a worship service is because those that are thinking they're helping, we need our hearts changed along with everyone else. And part of that heart change is that we're getting... I've done this, I don't know how many of this is so convicting for me this week, as I'm thinking through this. Jesus says, look, don't bother this woman. Why, why, why are you bothering her? Why, why are you like this? What she's done is beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, what they're doing is the opposite. What they're doing is ugly. They've all gone all in. They feel like they're going all in for Jesus. They feel like they're worshiping Jesus. But you can tell there's a heart problem. And what is the indication of the heart problem? They're frustrated. They're angry. They're short-tempered. They're starting to criticize. They're laying into this woman. What right do they have to say what she's going to do with the money that she has? What right do they have to feel like they're the ones doing this, and if she's going to do something, she needs to do something like what they're doing? What right do they have to criticize what this—they're making it ugly. And the reason why it's being made ugly is because they need a heart change even more than this woman. They see themselves as making a difference in people's lives, but because they don't see that what the difference that is being looked for is a change of heart, they're not letting it change their heart too. And because their heart is not changed, even though they've gone all in on Jesus, even though they've left their family to follow Jesus, even though they're doing everything they can, more than anybody in their culture, to help the poor, because their heart is hardened, they're taking what's beautiful. It's not that what the the woman did was beautiful, and this ministry to the poor that Jesus created, that it's not a ministry, it's a church that Jesus is building that on the surface to us, because of who we are, looks like a ministry to the poor. That is beautiful, but they don't see the beauty of it. And because they don't see what's beautiful about it, their heart is hardened, and they're very practically and logically and reasonably and rationally, it says, striking and beating on this woman. That's the words Jesus uses. Now, they're doing it verbally, and they're doing it by their attitude but that's what we're doing. We just we think we're ministering to people, but we're actually just beating them down and striking them with all our criticism and our hardness of heart and our anger and our frustration and all this other stuff. It has no place in things. We need to have a change of heart. Now, what is it that's beautiful that this woman did? It has nothing to do with anything practical in the sense of, it's changing the course of someone's life. Sometimes we think of ministry to the poor, like I'm going to make it so that they're not poor. I'm gonna make it so that there's not a struggle anymore. I'm gonna make it so that this, what she did didn't change the fact that in a few days, Jesus was gonna be killed by the government and he's gonna be crucified on the cross. It didn't change the course of anything. It had nothing to do with that. What the woman did clarifies what's going on here in ministry and in worship in the church that Jesus is building. She's clarifying to us what it is that's beautiful about it. If we're going to go all in, yeah, we. it's not just about being busy. It's not just about thinking that we're making this difference. It's about going all in on something beautiful. And, and what is it? that we see in this woman, that's beautiful. Nothing has changed in the life of Jesus. He's still heading towards the cross. And Jesus connects that to what's going on. Nothing has changed. You're going to have poverty there. So then what is it then? Because we're logically connecting everything to that. And that just leads to bitterness and anger and despair. How can we logically proceed? Because it leads to this change of heart. And what is it that brings this change of heart? The only thing that's happened here is a person giving and a person receiving. And the person giving actually needs more from the person that's receiving. They need more from Jesus. And they've received more from Jesus. It's not even an actual something. It's almost like a token type thing. She goes all in everything that she has whole life savings just to pour out on this one moment when she's giving it all without actually giving anything it's a lot to her it's nothing to the creator of the universe money or for oil but what it is is someone saying i love you too it's someone saying thank you jesus It's someone acting on a heart that's been softened. What's beautiful about what we do is the way that Jesus gives us these moments of beauty. And the moments of beauty are defined by someone giving and someone receiving. Someone receiving and someone giving. It's this beautiful moment that changes our heart and sets us down a different course it says aware of this Jesus said to them why are you bothering this woman she has done a beautiful thing to me the poor you'll always have with you but you will not always have me when she poured this perfume on my body she did it to prepare me for burial He's coming back again to him dying on the cross. And how does this relate to the gospel? And how does this guide us forward? The Savior that they wanted, they were grabbing a hold of that Savior being some sort of change in our life here on earth. And that is true. But what Jesus is saying is it's only The value of that is only seen in a gift being given. It's not actually in something actually changing. The government isn't actually changing. (laughs) The societal structures, the selfishness of people, the, the wickedness of us, our ugliness that we add to it, it hasn't even changed for the disciples. But what has become clear is that God has stepped into our life and cared for us. And if we grab a hold of that, the hope is not that Jesus is going to create a kingdom right then and now, and make all these societal changes right then and now. That's what they were grabbing a hold of, and that's why they were so frustrated, and why we get so frustrated. But what he's saying is is that hope is, don't lose it, but it's a hope for the future. That at one point, Jesus will come down and establish it and hold on to that hope and know that's our hope. And when that hope happens, there won't be any more frustration. The frustration is for here and now while we're waiting. But in order for that to happen, he is going to die on the cross. He will be raised from the dead. He will go up to heaven and prepare a place for us. And when he feels like the time is right, He's giving us this opportunity for our hearts to be changed. And on that basis of this change of heart, he will come down and he will solve these problems that we're looking at. But what he's saying is, is that's beautiful and we're getting there. But even here in the midst of our ugliness, there's some beauty. And that's what he says, Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Now, this story that's being told is being told in memory of her. In other words, she's done a beautiful thing, and it's for everyone to look at and see what beauty is that it's not attached to anything specific in this world changing it's about a heart that's changed and a heart that's starting to love a heart that's starting to respond to the love that god has for us that's the beauty but we just looked at the story the story was told it wasn't just told here's what this woman did you know, that The memory of her, her story being told, it wasn't just them saying, look what this woman did. It was that, but it was also this ugliness that the disciples added in. In other words, our story is always going to include some ugliness. We're never going to, whatever it is we're doing with ministry or, or with worship or church, it's going to be, there's going to be ugliness there. People are thrown back by the church how ugly it can be. I'm sometimes like, still, I mean, 30 years ago, I just couldn't have anything to do with the church because the only thing that makes church tolerable now is I just realize it's not, I can go without the church, but I'm still going to have just as much ugliness with any other group of people. And even if I just went off by myself, the disciples, I would still be engulfed in ugliness. Ugliness is going to be there. He's not saying a lot of people look at this and say, Yeah, we just need to not think about the ugly and just look at what's beautiful, and just like we may have rose colored glasses or something like that. That is not what's being said. This story is about embracing and gra- grabbing a hold of it and admitting and, and just like being honest about who we are that there's a lot of ugliness that's there. And that ugliness is rooted in a heart that just refuses to change. But through God giving and including us in this giving and receiving, and oftentimes the one that we think is giving needs to receive more. Through this process, the point is for us all to have a changed heart. And from that change of heart to start saying, thank you, Jesus, to start worshiping God, Personally, individually, from our heart, but then to say, why do it alone? Let's worship together. It, it's a worship service that, that's coming out of maybe something that looks like a ministry to the poor, but there's a lot that needs to be figured out. And what needs to be figured out isn't really something that needs to be figured out here. We will, we will be able to rationally proceed on wherever. <laughs> But before we start rationally going down this road that we like to go down and support everything, let's see what it first needs to be based on, which is a change of heart that says, I need help just as much as anyone else. I need my Savior to die on the cross just as much as everyone else. And that's continuing to be a need in my life, because even when I'm following him, even when I go all in, I still keep making it ugly as the disciples did. And that is going to be a part of our story. It just is. But Jesus is saying, even though that's a part of the story, and even though we need to be honest about that, there's still something really beautiful happening here. And let's talk about that. Let's be honest about this. But wow, let's grab a hold of what's beautiful. And that's the challenge for us personally. I think that's the challenge that everyone is thinking about that Jesus has brought us to through COVID and taking a step back from the busyness of going all in on something that we're just missing the point to pull back a second. And it's not to never go back all in again, but if we're going to get busy, let's get busy on something beautiful. Let's get busy from something that's stemming from not someone else's heart, but from me realizing how much God loves me, how much God cares for me, how much I don't deserve anything, how much he is my Savior who, who has had to die on the cross and is making everything that I do, all the ugliness that the disciples are doing, Jesus is making it right. And if we can grab a hold of that, what that means is... We're grabbing a hold of a change in our heart. And as our heart changes, what, what other avenue, what, what avenue do we have? But to pour everything we out to Jesus, not to actually make a difference here or there, because we're not going to make a difference any more than this woman did. It just seemed to them like this is just poured out and wasted. Everything we do. Is poured out and wasted. Even if she had taken the money, sold those perfumes, sold it, and given it, it basically would have been the same thing. But that doesn't, and that's the ugliness of who we are. But Jesus says that doesn't mean that there wasn't something beautiful there. That doesn't mean that there's not something that we can grab a hold of. And what we should <laughs> grab a hold of that's beautiful is yes, God's going to change everything. But right now we have this moment of beauty where Jesus has reached into our life. He's done something for us. And let that change our heart. And then let us just respond however inadequately to somehow say, thank you, Jesus. And when that starts to happen for us, then let's do that together. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we... Thank you for all that you're doing in our life. Please forgive us for being so stubborn and having such hard hearts. Please forgive me. Please forgive all of us in the church. Thank you for the patience that you have with us. Thank you for not giving up on us. Just do a miracle in our heart. Soften our hearts. Help us to understand what it is that you're doing and where it is that you're leading us. Bring us to a place where our heart is worshiping you. Bring us to a place where, where we actually are going all in on that. A heart that's changed, a heart that's worshiping you. And bring us to a place where it's not just one person like this woman, but we're all joining into the worship that she's leading us into. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.